0: Hello everyone and welcome to Kill My name is Bodie, and I am your host in my ear uh, or in both of my ears as I record this. It sounds different. That sounds weird. That, that, that intro does not sound like my normal intro. I don't know what I did differently or if I did anything differently. But yeah, uh, it didn't sound right. But we're going to leave it in because it's about the sixth or seventh time that I've tried it. And it's the best one out of all of those tries. So we're going to leave it at that. We have a few quick announcements before we get to the news. Our first announcement is we have a new patron and that patron's name is Gene. Gene, thank you so much for going to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt and signing up and, and becoming a patron. It really means a lot to me. I, I really appreciate your vote of confidence with your, with your hard earned dollars. So thank you so much for doing that. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com I'm happy to answer whatever questions you might have if you have an issue setting up your RSS feed whatever it may be or if you just want to chat if you're interested in joining Gene and our other supporters of this show you can check the show notes on different ways to support the show which include patreon but also a cast plus so just check the show notes under support the show and again Gene thank you so much for supporting the show I really do appreciate it All right. I told you last episode that this episode we were going to talk about Rivian and I had some audio clips for you. And all the audio clips are are done. Like those are all chopped up. I even have notes for them. The problem is I failed to realize that if I did a Rivian show with audio clips and all that stuff on Tuesday and then Tesla's earnings call on Friday we wouldn't have we would have a week without news basically and i still have a lot of news that i want to talk about so we're kind of shuffle up the episodes a little bit there's going to be news today tesla's earnings call will be on friday and then i'm pushing the rivian episode to tuesday all right, that ends our announcements. Let's go ahead and jump into our EV news. Zeker has launched a sub $30,000 SUV. It'll be called the Zeker X, and the X stands for Infinite Exploration, Endless Imagination, and Endless Transcendence. That's what the X stands for. Uh, <laughs> sound, it, it's a lot, a, a lot of, of words for one letter in that. The vehicle or the X will cost actually $28,000 or $189,900 which is a really, really good price for this SUV. Some of the features that will include are facial recognition, and it also has, which I thought was really cool, an optional in-vehicle refrigerator. As someone who lives in the desert, I would definitely consider an in-vehicle refrigerator if the price was right. Uh, very cool feature. As far as specs goes, we don't have a lot of information. We're looking at a dual motor, 422 horsepower, 66 kilowatt hour battery with a range up to 560 kilometers or 348 miles. Deliveries start in June and Zeker hopes to produce and deliver 40,000 units in 2023. They're going to start in China and eventually work their way to Europe all right let's talk about fisker fisker is set to begin deliveries soon on their fisker ocean but these deliveries are going to come with some missing key features now this isn't necessarily uncommon throughout the supply chain apocalypse uh, that we're just now crawling out of by the way it wasn't uncommon for a vehicle to ship without a key feature or part only for the manufacturer to add it later like heated seats for instance So Fisker has a rough timeline when they're going to be adding in these features and they don't all line up. Like you're not going to get all the features on this date. So in early 2023, you will receive blind spot monitoring, lane keep assist, and auto high beams. In late 2023, Fisker will add in cruise control, lane centering, and traffic jam assist. And then sometime in 2025, you'll get the vehicle to home be able to use your your car as a backup battery or the vehicle-to-vehicle charging. You're going to get that sometime in 2025. It sounds like all of these cars will come with the necessary hardware needed so these features can be added via a over-the-air update. So that's great. I don't think this is that big of a deal in terms of inconvenience. I mean, it's an inconvenience for sure, but it's not the end of the world. My biggest concern on this is why isn't the software ready? None of these features are groundbreaking. Like, Fisker is not doing anything new here. They've had plenty of time to work on this stuff. Why isn't it done? Why doesn't it work? That's my concern. And I'm not even talking about, you know, the vehicle-to-vehicle charging or the vehicle-to-home stuff. The vehicle-to-home stuff is going to actually require some extra hardware attached to your house. Like, I get why that's delayed. Why are these simple features? Auto high beams seems like maybe the one of the more basic features you could have in a car. Why doesn't that work now? I know we have a few folks in the audience who have Fisker Ocean reservations. If you want to email me and let me know your thoughts, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Does this bother you? Is this something you're concerned about? I'm, I'm interested in knowing. And then uh, put in there if it's okay for me to read on the air. Because if you don't tell me something is okay to read on the air, I just don't. I don't. I don't talk about it on the air. Let's move on. Polestar announced the Polestar 4 at the Shanghai Auto Show. Polestar has branded this vehicle as an SUV coupe, whatever that is. It seems like it might be more of a crossover, but well, what do I know? We don't have a lot of details in terms of specs, but we do know it'll go 0 to 100 kilometers an hour, or 0 to 62 miles per hour in 3.8 seconds. It'll have a dual motor with 400 or excuse me, 544 horsepower. That'll give it a range of 270 miles. I didn't write down the kilometers on that. Sorry about that. The single motor version will get you closer to a 300 mile range on a 102 kilowatt hour battery. Looks like a really nice car. There is no rear window that is completely blocked. I don't know if I would be comfortable with that. I mean, I might be, I drive a fire truck that has no rear window and every now and again, I drive a brush truck that you can't see out the back. So it may not be that big of a deal. I don't particularly like that feature in a car, but, or, or hindrance, depending on how you look at it. We'll see what this product looks like when it's released and talk a little bit more about it. Lordstown has ended their pause on production and deliveries of the Lordstown Endurance electric pickup truck. The pause occurred back in February to address some quality concerns. Lordstown has had a bit of a rough start, you could say. They've only built 31 Endurance pickups, and they've had to recall a total of 19 of them, so not a a great percentage there. I don't know the official price of the Endurance when I went to their website. I wasn't actually able to find where to order, so maybe they've paused orders too. Maybe they're they're booked in terms of what they can put out this year. I did find a car and driver article from October of 2022 that s- said Lordstown was targeting a starting price around $65,000. Based on what you know about Lordstown, we've talked about Lordstown for uh, a couple of years now. Is this something you would consider? Would you consider buying a Lord Sound Endurance? Let me know. Moving on to the Volkswagen ID. Four, uh, excuse me, not the ID. Four, the ID. Seven. The ID. Seven is the sixth fully electric vehicle to join Volkswagen's zero emissions lineup. So VW has the ID3, the ID4, the ID5, the ID Buzz, which will hopefully be sold in the US soon, and the ID6, which is only sold in China. Here are some key features and details about the new ID7. First of all, it's built for long distance. Uh, it has a range up to 435 miles or 700 kilometers. According to Volkswagen, it is significantly more powerful and efficient than any of the other MEB-based platforms. If you don't know, MEB is Volkswagen's platform for electric vehicles. Volkswagen says the reason for their uh, their power and their efficiency is based off of their new drivetrain which was developed in-house and the ID7 has a very low drag coefficient. In terms of interior, the ID7 has a large and spacious interior, 15-inch infotainment screen, augmented reality heads-up display, premium seats with climate control and massage features. Illuminated touch sliders to adjust temperature and audio levels. I really like that. A IDA, IDA voice assistant and interactive smart vents, much like what Tesla has on the Model Y and the Model 3. The ID7 will be built in Germany. It's scheduled to be available in Europe this fall, and in North America, the launch is expected in 2024. I know over the last few episodes, I've talked about the IED7 a lot, or at least to me, it feels like I've talked to it a lot, about it a lot. The, the problem with it, or my problem that I had with it, I should say, is that I always felt that those articles that I was reading was incomplete, and we didn't have all of the details. This article, I think, wraps everything up in a nice bow, so th- that's why we're talking about it again. Moving on, Ford is investing 1.3 billion US dollars or 1.8 Canadian dollars to convert the Oakville Assembly Complex in Ontario, Canada, and they are going to turn this this uh, manufacturing plant into the Canadian hub of electric vehicle manufacturing. Here's what we know. Ford will use the new factory to build EVs and battery packs. The next gen EV production will begin in 2025. The campus Actually, is sounds like it's quite big. It has three body shops, one paint building, and an assembly building. In addition to updating the existing buildings, Ford will also add a new 407,000-square-foot on-site battery plant. Currently, the plant builds the Ford Edge and the Lincoln Nautilus at the factory and employs 3,000 workers. All right, continuing on with Ford, I have two more small things to say about the company. The 2023 Ford Mach-E received a tiny range bump. I'm not going to go into all the specs for each of the models. I'll just say that the bump was between 7 and 13 miles, depending on the range. So nothing groundbreaking. And we mentioned in one of our episodes uh, recently that GM would stop using CarPlay in their vehicles going forward because they wanted to build their own thing. And that thing was going to be built on a Google platform. Well, Ford has said that they want you to know that they love CarPlay and they're not getting rid of it anytime soon. So if you're looking for a new vehicle and CarPlay is important to you and supporting CarPlay is important to you going forward, uh, GM products may not be the best option, but uh, Ford might be something that you look at. While we're on the topic of GM, GM has confirmed that all of their EVs qualify for the full $7,500 IRA tax credit here in the United States. That includes the Cadillac Lyric, the Chevy Bolt EV and EUV, the Chevy Equinox EV, Chevy Blazer EV, the Chevy Silverado EV, and I assume that the GMC Sierra EV will also qualify for this when it's released. If you're one of those folks out there who operates a fleet, fleet customers will get a the the full tax credit, the commercial incentive, which I believe is still seventy five hundred dollars on the Bright Drop delivery van and the Chevy Silverado EV. The Hummer does not qualify because it's over eighty thousand dollars. So I guess not all of GM's products qualify. While we're on the subject of EV tax credits, we have a full list of EVs that qualify, and I should say. I don't know if this is a full list. The article says it's a full list. These are all of the manufacturers who have who have notified the public that their EVs qualify for the full tax credit. So all of the Chevy vehicles or GM vehicles that we mentioned, the Ford F150 Lightning, all of those models, the Tesla Model 3 Performance, the Tesla Model Y, all models, and Volkswagen says that the ID4 also qualifies for that full tax credit. And just another quick reminder, if you're in the market for an EV, uh, just remember that Bruce sent us that really cool uh, tool on fueleconomy.gov that tells us what qualifies, which vehicles qualifies for which credit. So I'll put a link again in the show notes, and uh, you can go there and do your research. And thanks again to Bruce. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, let's move on to our Tesla news. U.S. Senators Ed Markey from Massachusetts and Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut want answers about Tesla employees sharing customer data between themselves. We talked about this on a recent show Tesla employees were sharing videos from customer cars between themselves. And this is not for work reasons. This was for entertainment. And you can go back and listen to uh, the previous show when we talked about this if you want. If you don't want to, just know what they were sharing was gross. Back to the senators in question. They sent a list of questions to Elon, and they're demanding that they get answers by May 5th. Uh, I think really Elon's lawyers are going to answer this, these questions and not Elon specifically because they're all written. Um, there might be a time when Elon has to show up in front of the Senate or some sort of congressional uh, committee. But as it is right now, they're just saying you need to answer these by May 5th. And we've already talked a little bit about this, but there is also a class action lawsuit regarding this matter as well. Today is Tesla's Q1 2023 earnings call, and the Tesla investors want to know Cybertruck details, and honestly, so do I. But I don't think we're going to get any of this information until Tesla's shareholders meeting, which happens in May. So stay tuned for Friday's episode when we do the earnings recap, but don't expect to get a lot of Cybertruck details in terms of prices and specs. Uh, Let's see here. Tesla has reduced vehicle prices six times this year. Their most recent price drop, which I think happened yesterday, they lowered the prices of their Model Y and Model 3 vehicles by $3,000 and $2,000 respectively. So the Model 3 now starts at $39,900, $990. The Performance Model 3 starts at $52,990. There is still no long-range Model uh, 3 available, but according to Fleet Europe, Tesla is preparing to launch the Model 3 rear-wheel drive long-range in Europe, but only for fleet customers. Fleet Europe's reports are collaborated by a LinkedIn post from Karen Bowen, who is a senior key account manager at Tesla. And this is what she had to say on LinkedIn. To accelerate the electrification of Europe's B2B fleet, we are introducing a new Model 3 variant that caters to the needs of our commercial customers. Model 3 long-range rear-wheel drive combines a segment-leading range of 394 miles with the highest charging convenience at an entry-level price of 46,990 British pounds, which is around 58,500 US dollars. It's close to that in euros as well. Honestly, I would be shocked if an analyst didn't ask about this at the earnings call. So we'll save any further analysis on this until after the earnings call. In terms of the Model Y price drops, Model Y now starts at $46,990, the long-range Model Y is 49990 and the performance Model Y is $53,990. Some investors are worried that by lowering prices so much, Tesla might not make as much profit as they need to, and I mean, we're going to find out today, but I'm sure Tesla is going to do fine. Tesla doesn't seem to have any problems making money. In addition to lowering prices in the United States, they've also lowered uh, prices in Europe, Japan and Australia. All right. That brings us to our final story of the week or not of the week. I should say of the episode. Workers at Tesla's Gigafactory in Shanghai are upset because they were told their bonus payments would be reduced. They believe that this reduction is because of a safety accident that happened earlier this year where someone passed away while working at the factory. The incident occurred in the factory's welding shop and an investigation found that the worker was directly responsible uh for the incident. So they did something and I don't know what it was that directly related to them uh passing away that wasn't that was outside of the the safety uh, norms for the factory. I don't know how to st- say this delicately. So uh, no fault uh, of the practices, whatever this person did, uh, unfortunately they passed away. So back to the bonuses, employees were told by management that their bonuses were cut because of a safety accident, which is the incident we just talked about and the overall performance at the factory. Now, anytime I hear Elon talk about Giga Shanghai, Shanghai, he only has glowing reviews for the employees there. So I'm curious as to what the performance was. And it does seem like Giga Shanghai is performing at a very high level. Some Tesla employees have been expressing their concerns on social media platforms like Baidu, which is a social media platform in China, if you weren't aware. And they say that it's unfair that they're being penalized for something that wasn't their fault, and which I would agree with. The average salary at Giga Shanghai is between 110,000 and 120,000 yuan, which is about 16 to 17,000 US dollars per year, which is not a lot of money. I don't know what the bonuses were in total, but I do know that Tesla cut about 2,000 yuan out of their bonus, which is about 291 U.S. dollars. If you take that 291 U.S. dollars and you times that by 2,000 employees, that's about $582,000 that Tesla saved by not paying these folks their money, which is not a lot of money to Tesla. It's a fairly low amount of money for Tesla. Tesla could easily make this right for their employees. It's not a lot of money for, for them, but for the workers at Shanghai, who don't make a lot of money in the grand, you know, grand scheme of things? It might be fine for where they live, but in the in the global economy, sixteen to seventeen thousand dollars per year—not a lot of money. Uh, Two hundred ninety-one dollars is probably probably pretty significant to these workers, and Tesla should make it right. Elon said he's going to look into the matter, and we'll see what happens. All right, everybody, that is it for us this week. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank Gene once again for becoming a patron. If you want to become a patron, like I said, you can go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support You can also check the show notes because if you don't like Patreon, which some people don't, you can become a uh, supporter of the show on ACAST+. Plus. And like I said, all links are in the show notes. All right, now that I've recorded this episode, I need to update it, post it, and then I'm gonna go listen to an earnings call. So I hope you're all doing well, and I will talk to you soon.